Hey guys, welcome to episode 240 of the JV Club with my guest, Stephanie Courtney. Oh, how I love her so. Uh, it was uh, so great to just hang out with her and um, she's one of my favorite people. So um, thanks me for having a podcast where I was given the excuse to spend a couple hours with her. Um, uh, I don't have any shout outs prepared. I said that like it was uh, like I was a sous chef. Um, but uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. I couldn't find her more delightful. I'm sure you'll feel the same. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next time on the podcast. Now entering Nerdist.com. And so when you hold a microphone, I'm already recording. Uh, when you oh. hold it, just like, you know, it kind of keep it around this level, I guess. Okay. Uh, around this level. Do I sound good to you? You sound you really can't, good. You can't hear or see no. what's going on over here. Uh, I feel good about the levels. What if we didn't know how to talk to each other unless we were as characters? <laughs> <laughs> like of all the years we've known each other, yep. we've only ever been on stage or on Spontaneous Nation. Yes. And so we had to like adopt And we have five minutes roles. to talk as normal people. Yeah. That's and then it. We're just... That's true. We do get, but not really to each other. So like there's no, because there's no Paul F, we kind of can't even do that. I'm lost. I'm I don't know what to do. Lost. I don't know what to do. I was thinking you are one of the people that I have known, I think like, pretty much the entire time I've been here. When did you But I here? can't remember. I've been here like almost 13 years, I think. 12 wow. or 13 years. And I think I must... Just because like the Matt Prices and Jason Nashes and the Scholars, those were all people that I knew before I came down here because they had done Sketchfest and stuff. Oh, cool. And somehow I met you very early on in that. But I couldn't really tell you where or I, why. I was thinking that too. You, and I think it was back on Tops. Oh, Yeah. Oh, I then think it probably that was. was it. That was it. God, was that the first time? We, but God, see, in my mind, for some reason, I have a memory of like, oh, I'm so glad I'm getting to work with Stephanie on this as Me if too. I already knew you. So, so maybe you had done a Joe show or something because you maybe. knew that. I don't know. Or I know something I was like, through. Maybe we both did like one of like Jason Nash's shows, like did something goofy on. I don't know. Maybe. But you were so groundlings oriented. Yes, I was. I was Such always a mystery in that thing. I know. I know. And I always knew that, too. I was like, oh, friendly face. Like, yeah, oh, I like her. She's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. We are that's wonderful. Terrible. We're both wonderful. I guess the, at the end of the day, that's really all that matters is we learn early and often how wonderful we are. Hey, great podcast. <laughs> I guess put on the commercial now. It's a real patty on the backy. <laughs> it's a real patty on the backy. But you know how you were just like that instant feeling where you're just like, oh, safe, a safe place. Totally. And I think I really, how long have you been here? It's a long time. It'll be 20 years, January of 2018. And from where did you come? New York. You know what? From well, whence did you come? Oh, from whence? <laughs> that, I feel the word when is there, which I already answered, damn it. Uh -huh. um, That's true. You're right. New York, uh, by way of New York, I grew up in a place called Stony Point, New York in Rockland County. It's about 10 miles away from West Point, about like 40 miles away from New York City. So it's right in between is there. Is West Point, West Point? Like yeah. is West Point Academy like there? Like the military Okay, academy. yeah. I feel like um, I should salute. Okay, well, you should. Because I'm a lieutenant. Great. No, oh I'm, my. I'm not a lieutenant. An honorary lieutenant from just living near West Point. That's yep. how it works. That's how it works. All it's right. pretty cool. Free yeah. education. Really you just cool. have to serve. No, that, none of that is true. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, like on the one field trip, you get like a Broadway show. On the other field trip, you get like uh -huh. a trip to a military <laughs> academy. It was like, choose your identity. Which one are you? Uh -huh. 
Um, but it was great. It's the Hudson River Valley, which is very pretty and a lot of like uh, Revolutionary War sites and stuff. It, so it's very nice and historical and lots of antique places and Anyway. So is it more so it's more of a place where New Yorkers would go to relax like you know what yes. I mean like oh we're just gonna head up and do some antiquing and yeah be in the trees That's versus right. like a place in New Jersey where it's sort of like an extension of New York City or you know has that sort of city feel exactly our side of the it was interesting because our side of the river and as I say it's interesting it's not going to be so interesting um, the Westchester side of the river that's sort of like the money town that was across the river from us because it had the train. Uh-huh, that's it. We didn't have the that's train. The, that's American history for you. We did not have the train, so it was quieter. It was like we got the cool songs like six months later. Like our radio stations got the cool songs like six months <laughs> later. so close and just, well, you so know, they far. had the train. They had the train, <laughs> so you, we couldn't get do? those songs. The radio waves wouldn't read <laughs> us. <laughs> the train delivered the songs to the other town. <laughs> I just remember like everything. i go over there and I'd be like, oh, we're yeah. different. Like I'd visit my friends over Isn't there. Isn't that and be like, funny? Eh. Or we'd like... You know, I was on the swim team and we go and we play at the high schools there and be like, there's a jacuzzi in their locker room. Right. It's They always had it a little bit better. The grass was actually greener. It was. It actually truly was greener. Yes. Um, but I think that's, it's funny because I just had um, Zeke Nicholson. I don't know if you know Zeke because he's more of a, a, a UCB guy, but um, he, we were, I was, I said like the obnoxious thing of, of he really doesn't seem like an East coaster to me. And now I'm going to say it again, which is, I don't even know what that means, Mm. but first, but, but I think it's just that I, because I love, I have so many friends from the East coast, but, um, I don't know why if you had said like, oh yeah, I'm from, you know, Oregon or something, I would have been like, oh, of course you are. Yeah. And I, and, and, and the reason I was saying that is that it, it, it connects with that idea of that warmth and that person you immediately click with in this city, which for me, I think it does stick out, especially in the beginning, because I had such a fear of oh what it was going to feel like and who was going to be here and, and what my experience would be and if it was going to be really stressful and threatening in some way. Yeah. And you and get competitive, this, you know, that's it. I was yeah. going to say like the competition you would fear or why I feared would yeah. take away the niceness. So I was very worried coming here because like I was in New York for six years. I was in New York City for six years before I came here. And, you know, like you work hard and then you get to know people there and they're friendly and you know now suddenly like it's a warm friendly place or whatever also in new york city i had like my grandmother lived there and my cousins lived there so it just felt not as scary yeah. and then when i came here i was just like oh you know, it just feels like high school all over again right which is what yep this you is get it you get it That's and then you're like it no from. it's court like and if you were to think oh improv people compared to stand-up people like i've met incredible people in both worlds you know like you just meet I don't know. Well, like-minded I, people. But and it's funny because all the all the sort of walls that you break down as again, it's the unknown versus the known because I um I never went through a groundlings program, but in my mind that was such a competitive world in comparison with I don't know what else. I guess Second City. I I don't know. Yeah. Like somehow in my mind maybe I heard one anecdote from one person sure. and you take that and run. You're like, Oh, it's super competitive. It's really ugly. It's an ugly world. And then the second you meet like three other groundling people, you're like, wait, these are just total goofballs like me and their team. They, they're a team. Like, yeah. but do you feel like part is part of that true? Like, are there moments where that feels true? Like in Sunday company or oh I guess it gosh. depends on who it is of that course. you're like odd the, the, with too. The entire, like, what do you call it? Um, the entire way it's set up is, you know, is a competitive sort of, you know, it's really fun. The the guy, not funny. Every time I say it's funny or interesting, just to understand that my 
my definitions of funny and interesting are very different. So the, uh, the, the founder of the Groundlings is a man named Gary Austin who passed away recently. And he was just this beloved guy. And I went to his memorial, you know, sort of this beautiful memorial service at, um, at the Groundlings. And, and the, way, the, the vision he had for it was like, you're all welcome. Everyone's welcome. Because it was like 1974. And he's just like, uh, you know, he would have a conversation with someone and be like, congrats, you're a Groundling. Right. 30, he'd be like, $35 a month. And they're like, right, what? Right, right. Um, so that was... Because he wanted to build something from nothing. I and guess. he was all about, like, he just loved the idea of, like, just embrace failure. Just do it. Who cares? Fail. Yeah. Embarrass yourself. Just yeah. work through it. You know, and that whole awesome thing. And then, of course, it became successful. Like, people from that program succeeded. And then they had to somehow wrangle the company down to a certain number and then they came up with the system of like and so that is and legitimately rough right it sucks but i would say the people that i met there are all awesome people it's all people and the thing with groundlings i would say i was saying this to someone who was asking sort of the same question it's um i was sort of this like try to get in the honor society kind of student. So I have like this A plus sort of mentality and that worked with me Mm -hmm. because it was like, you know, you better toe the line, you better work hard, keep your head down and work. Don't even think about passing to some other level. Just, just work on your stuff. Right. For me, I'm like, yeah, I get that. And also secondly, I was older when I took my first class, I was 28. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I can understand like if you're 19, 20, 20, you know what I mean? Agreed. I moved here when I was much older. And so I, you know, and and by that, I mean that I was in my sort of mid, mid to late, mid to late 20s. Yeah. Like the middle of my second half of my 20s, probably. Gotcha. Uh, And, and same thing. I think I, I never really had that. And these guys know, I never really had that, um, like, oh, I should have started this when I was 17 because I just have zero faith that I wouldn't have just curled like, up. burned out. No, I would have just been so in insecure. Yeah, I've been like, what do you want me to be? What do you want me to be? I'll be that. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I feel the same way. I had like, I'm still like an amoeba. I'm still figuring out like, sure. who am I? Um, but yeah, the, the, the structure of it is very, it's tough, but I responded to it. And I think honestly, because I had gone through an acting school so I, and that also voted on like, are you going to make it to this next level? And what okay. was that? It was the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York okay. City, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, so anyway. Again, the most friendly name in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Mr. Hooper's on Sesame Street, except if you had to uh, compete against other shoppers for <laughs> gum. Yeah, and everybody wants a slot. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, uh, I went to, you know, so I, high school, then four years of college at, at Binghamton University, and then two years at the Neighborhood Playhouse, and then a bunch of years in New York City, and then I moved out here. And so, even in high school, were you into acting and very stuff? Much you were so. very much. I you mean, knew as a kid, even. God, yes. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. But I, but I was just doing school stuff. I me wasn't like, and you weren't doing like. No, which surprises me, and I think it's it's true about like it, this all worked out for the best because I really was very close to New York City. Yeah, I loved theater. I loved singing and dancing and blah 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 blah. But I think my parents wisely just let it be what it was. They weren't like, you know what. We're going to pull you right out of school and just get you on Broadway. That's right. Yeah. And what's funny is I had an aunt and uncle again. It's re- this is really going to be this funny. Is, so you guys, might want This is really interesting and If you're funny eating or so drinking, <laughs> guys, spit it out. Spit it out. Um, so I had an aunt and uncle and they were like mad men on Madison Avenue. They were in commercials. Like mm-hmm. they were, they worked in commercials and stuff. And that could have, I'm sure, had they thought to do it. Thank God they didn't. I mean, right. they, they sort of saw that like, you're a real handful. Like you're a real, <laughs> you really think you're like Shirley yeah. Temple. You really think you're adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have some anonymity. Like yeah. <laughs> do it all in private. 
really think you're Shirley Temple? It's crazy. Also, like, uh, well, that wasn't a huge reference point for us as children. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe the aunt, when Annie came out, that felt like... That felt like everyone should be in show business. Everyone should be. Every That's child should be. It was a failure unless she was not in the movie, Annie. Totally. Or, yeah. on, or on, on Broadway, which is like, you know, I was sort of kind of aware of the revolving cast. Like, you know, oh, someone else is Annie now, whatever. Right, but right. I never felt like, Mom, get me in there. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I... I don't know. I think I like... Do you, do, do, well, that's interesting, too, to me, because I was definitely super into performing and stuff in school, um, but I never it never occurred to me... And I, this is in Tucson, Arizona, so it's totally different. But it never occurred to me to pursue, like, oh, there's community theater, or like, oh, the, you know, these guys need a tiny Tim for their whatever. Um, <laughs> and... And looking back and like I had never been to New York. I mean, I wasn't I was in my 20s when I first visited New York. Mm. And so my understanding of what Broadway was, was just this sort of concept and was this thing I'd never seen. And except for, you know, in movies, whatever the movie version is, which sometimes is pretty accurate. Yeah. But I I for me, I think there was really this kind of like membrane of separation between what acting and theater meant to me as a kid in Tucson and like what it meant outside of that and I I think as much as I was like oh that would I would love to do this and like everyone thought like oh she you know I would say like I want to be an actress I think in somehow in my heart maybe my vulnerability whatever there was like there was no penetrating that membrane that was was like no that's other people yeah because the thing is like if you if you can have a happy childhood like that's great you know what I mean like seriously that's gonna be your protection for the rest of your life yeah you know and like I've got a little one now and I'm I'm sort of um and I'm doing a great job no I'm kidding it's it's allow me you're doing a great job like you know self-doubt of course but also like you know my husband and I were just like okay you know especially those first five years if we can just marinate in this little person and just make him feel like nothing else yeah exists like he's aware of the character I play or whatever but he doesn't really know it like he's we only you know we have Amazon TV like we, we're yeah. not watching commercials he's right, not right. bombarded with it right, right. which is like really nice because I think he he does not like manic energy mm-hmm. at all <laughs> like he doesn't even want like happy birthday sung to it like he's yeah. seriously I I really feel like he this isn't his his jam right Oh, that's okay, which makes me uh, happy. Um, I wonder if all of a sudden he'll just be like, surprise, <laughs> I've been stewing on this and I really want to do this. I know. There are times that I'm like, you know, God, like it, people are laughing at a joke you just said. Like I would, that's vitamins to me. Like yeah, I would have just. Nudging him, nudging him. <laughs> Did you everyone hear that? Let me repeat it. <laughs> he said the funny thing. Like, he's like, don't, you're, I'm dying a little inside. <laughs> But yeah, I just think that's, yeah, I think you're right. Like some wiser part of yourself or something protected you. Yeah. Do you have siblings? I do. I have two older sisters. Uh, and are they also Shirley Temples? She, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jennifer was an act, actress and, and she's a writer. She, I don't, I don't ever remember her. Like she did a lot of theater and that's kind of why I wanted to do it. I would mm-hmm. see her in plays and be like, yes, yes, yes. You yeah, know? yeah. But she was much more like willowy and leading lady and you know what I mean? And I was much more like, <laughs> here's your clown costume. <laughs> oh, not the dress? Nope. Here's a clown costume. Enjoy it. Right. Mm. My middle sister did it a little bit, but... And she started to do more like backstage stuff in college. Like she would, you know, do that kind of stuff. But um, and she's much more like her artistic side is photography and stuff like that. Are your parents artistic? No, not. I mean, yes, uh, they uh, they're not 
Well, okay, I'll put it this way. My dad is a history or retired history professor, and then my mom is uh, like she sings like church events stuff mm-hmm. like that. So she's got this incredible voice, you know. And just as a kid, it was never encouraged because like she's the girl of the right. family. Like so, her brother was like on TV as part of a chorus, mm. like at a church. Like they grew grew up in Hell's Kitchen, and it was not you know they didn't have a lot of of money and stuff. So they she didn't get the singing less. She didn't get that. But now yeah. she's like living her. Her singing career. That's great. Dream. I know it's really cool. That's great. But they did meet at a theater party, which I think is really funny. A theater party in Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. Yeah. They were sort of, their brothers and sisters were both involved in this theater company. There was an actor named Joe Campanella who does, mm-hmm. uh, like, IMDb him. You've seen him in everything. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I fully know that Totally. Name. He looks a little, to me, he always reminded me of, like, Roy Scheider. And mm-hmm. he, he just worked constantly. And um, anyway, he was sort of the head of it, and, mm-hmm. you know, the lead in all the shows and everything. So they met at one of those parties. Wait, he was the head of it and cast himself as a lead in all the shows? Yeah, he was really <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And my mom's always like, I just ripped tickets. I ripped tickets. <laughs> so then, yeah, uh, that's how they met. So I figure like that's, you know, some little uh, theater dust gun on Yeah, there. yeah. What what are, uh, what is the age difference between you and your sisters? Okay, so I'm five years younger than my oldest sister and I'm three years younger than my second sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so were you, was it like, were you in the, the same place long enough that you were sort of like, oh, it's the third yeah. Courtney kid? Absolutely. Like, yeah. My dad taught at our high school and my both of my sisters did like really well. My and- dad taught at my high school. What did you, you have your dad? No, I never oh, did. okay. All right. I did have my dad. <laughs> you did? Yeah. <gasps> How was that? Uh, it was really fun, actually. Really? Yeah, I was... Uh, it, the, it, I was talking about this recently, um, but like the idea of... When people put themselves in your shoes, they just imagine their own parent who isn't a high school teacher. And and they're like, that would be so weird. But like for me, I knew that, you know, once I made the decision as a freshman to go to that school, my dad was the AP English teacher. I was going to have him as a teacher. You were going to. I was heading that way. And, um, and, And again, also like English was my best subject unsurprisingly because my dad was an English teacher and right. I loved writing and reading and write and writing about books and stuff like that and my dad did a lot of really fun stuff in the class so it was very I loved it I mean I just absolutely That's loved it awesome. and I got you know and I I feel like I mean it was definitely like it was never fun to get like a paperback with my dad's red pen in his handwriting <laughs> that I was very familiar with like I think I bristled at that but I also don't like criticism in general I think I've gotten really good at taking criticism but I was not like my and I don't know if you how you were but um again that sort of soft underbelly like I felt like I needed to you know do well and there were things that I was lazy about that I did well at that then it became like if I'm not good at something it's crushing to try because it hurts when you're not good but I I remember getting a report card like even in um, grade school that was like she has trouble accepting criticism (laughs) oh my gosh we are who we are like it's so funny yeah like we just are the people that we are forever. It's just, what is that, 7-Up? Have you ever seen that 7-Up series? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so fascinating. I know. My, my little guy will be seven in a couple of years. And it's just, I'm just waiting to like, I just, uh. Yeah. Did you, so were you, because 
for me, I don't think I've never thought of it as like, oh, this is because I always thought I was right. It wasn't that it was like I desperately didn't want anyone to tell me that I wasn't great because I felt like they were right. And then I would just take it all the way down. Like, oh, that's one one criticism. I would be like, I'm no good at all. And like, I would just shut down. Not like, I don't know how they could think that I'm great. It wasn't that at all. It was more it was totally fear based. Uh, That's I I, all right. I think because I'm trying to think of like my work ethic in high school, which, of course, like I did make the honor society and of course like I was you know English and social studies and those things were my subjects and then trouble with chemistry and math and stuff I needed like extra help and got it whatever if I didn't have ego about the thing I didn't care about the result Mm -hmm. like if I uh like for instance I was on the swim team because my sisters were on the swim team because you had to be on a sport because dad wants you to be on a sport so that's sort of like so we would be at this important away game and I'd be just be running around the halls with my friends and miss my my <laughs> miss my oh, wow. heat I think right. is what they called it I think they called it that <laughs> and I remember your heat. my dad was crushed oh like crushed like to his foundation like I think he was really worried about like what does she care about like the, the, this won't work in life like and, yeah. but I knew I was like it's no big deal I'm not gonna be a swimmer it's fine you right, know what I mean right, right. and I'm like sorry he's mad it's gonna and like this is the kind of mad it's gonna take a while to, right. to dissipate or whatever um and I remember with like theater or plays or anything, I ha- I pretty much was like head down, nose to the grindstone kind of thing. Like I was like, okay, yeah, I know. Like there's a lot to learn. There's a long road. I think I just knew maybe hearing stories like the Broadway people or whatever is just like not a lot of money in it. Yeah. It is whatever the love. ballet version of like, or the theater version of like ballet, like soars on your feet and taping up your toes. You're going to be eating ramen noodles. Yeah. And, you were ready to, to kind of embrace that part of it too. Yeah. I assumed like, I remember there was a speech, uh, who was it? Who won the Oscar for, okay. Mercedes rule. Mm-hmm. And she had, a, oh she, yeah. Yeah. And she won oh, her Fisher King. Yeah, that, yeah. That's it. And she won her Oscar and she was like, you know, I was a waitress for 10 years. And I just remember that I was like, okay, that's probably going to be mm-hmm. what it's going to be. So I just got fired again and again and again. And I was just like, it's okay, get fired, get fired. Like yeah. I would just wait, you know, God, that's great. <laughs> what a great, what great, what about the comedy side? Because obviously that leads to the idea of like failing in comedy and improv and that being very much embraced um, or at least encouraged to like, you know, fail, f- be, don't be afraid to take a chance. Yeah. Don't be afraid if it's not funny, like, f- you know, find your way. Um, but was the, it was comedy something that was part, cause for me it wasn't so much. I mean, I love funny stuff, but again, there was like this weird disconnect where I felt like the theater I was doing was like, you know, whatever they told me to do, which was often Shakespeare or what have you. Right. And I didn't, there was no like improv troupe at my high school and there was in college and I didn't, I just didn't do it. Same thing. I uh, there was no improv in my life until I was in New York City, and I heard something about the, the uh, Chicago City Limits, mm-hmm. and that was this theater in New York that did improv. And I remember I did a show, and it was uh, it was fine. It was good. It was fine. Like the guys were all like forty eight years old. It was all guys. There may have been one woman. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember thinking like, oh, older guys do this. Uh-huh. Well, you did it like somehow you knew some of them and they were like, no, them. no, no, no. I watched it. I, oh, all oh, I did it, was it, like okay, watch okay. a show okay, and I was yeah, like, that's yeah. cool. But that has nothing to do with right. like <laughs> me auditioning for cabaret in Pennsylvania, right, which right. I never booked. Like I thought I'd be I thought I'd do musicals because I sang and stuff and I, I no one else agreed with me. Like mm, nobody at all. Um which was okay. And then and then I had a friend who went to the neighborhood playhouse with me and after we graduated she started to do stand up. And it was cool because 
she she was having fun, but she was definitely like just starting out. And already like she was she had like three shows to do a week. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, that's cool because I knew I knew that performing live was the thing. Mm -hmm. That was the thing that seemed to give me an answer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like how how am I doing or. I don't know, even like more selfishly, this feels good, you know? So she was doing that and she was in front of live audiences and doing that. So then she dared me and a bunch of other people to do a stand-up show. You can't say no to a dare. You can't say no to a dare. So I just picked like my two stories that I tell, you know, my sisters or my friends that made them laugh. And and then I remember being really, really insecure that I didn't know how to switch from one topic to the other. Sure. So I had a little jingle bell and I'd just be like, this is my... I'm like, this is my Segway bell. Yeah. And every time I ring it, Uh I'm, you know, and I thought this was going to be... You turned it into a bit. I turned it into a bit. And I was like, this is my like one-off and I could use this jingle bell to get me through six minutes and then that'll be it. And then um, this wonderful guy named Peter Voris, his wife ran a room, Liz Gallagher, wife at the time, she ran a room and she, from his recommendation, she booked me on that room and it was called the F-Stop and that was really cool. So, and that was like... That's really when I was like, wow, I bombed. You know what I mean? Like, because you could be in a play and you know your lines and it's going to be, it's going to be okay. Like you can have kind of a dip in the energy or whatever, but you're all right. But this was like, oh, I'm trying new material. I'm excited because the first one went so well. And then you're kind of like, that was quite, like, I was a bummer. Like I bummed everyone out. (laughs) And I was like, but still I was like, this is not, you know, this isn't what I identify myself with. So I'll just keep trying. I'll keep trying. And then my now manager, Naomi Odenkirk, and her husband, Bob Odenkirk, were in the audience one night. And I remember uh, Liz had called me and she's like, "Uh, what are you doing Thursday night? And I'm just like, I'm catering. Uh (laughs) And she's like, maybe cancel the catering gig. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Uh And then I showed up. I'm like, that's Bob Odenkirk in the audience. And I did my act and he was so nice. He talked to me for like 10 minutes just about like comedy and doing stand up and what you should do to, you know. And then Naomi was like, if you want a manager, come to L.A. And. I came to LA. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah, you've really been with Naomi that whole time. That's yeah. amazing. So we're talking, I think it's been 20 years. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it really is. I didn't know that. I don't know. That, I may not have even known that you were with Naomi, but um, but actually I think I now that all, it's all sort of makes sense No worries. And I was her first, uh, her first client actually. She was like working in casting and stuff and then she wanted to hang her own shingle. No wonder you know where I live. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. It all makes sense. Um, and so, when, and so, for, so you went to you saw improv in New York City, but yes. then di- but then did you also start doing it in New York City or no? New. Just when you came out here, no. So I was doing because you kn- knew it to be forty eight year old comedy. <laughs> exactly, I was like, this yeah. is for guys. Yeah, f- f- from Chicago, which I guess was in my head because the name of the show. Uh-huh, sure, and I was just like, and that's cool, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> And good for them on a on a Friday yeah. night. Yeah, <laughs> get out of the house. Um, and then uh, <laughs> and then I moved to LA because I had a manager now. And um, and can I just quickly say that the thing that is tickling me internally is that when you s- described that at first, I had very specific images that I couldn't control in my head and it was Pete and Pete from iOS. Do you know those guys? No, I don't. Uh, it is like a specific, <laughs> I had a really specific like, oh, Pete Gardner, that's him. He would have been doing that. None of that is true. I don't think that's how old he is. It was- but like, it, it, that was, I think that was my version of like, when I first started seeing improv, I think it was true for me too. I was seeing guys who were while not exactly that age, they were probably in their thirties and I was in my twenties. So they seemed, they seemed like 48. Older. Exactly. And they were white 
really funny That's right. guys that you quick. know and, and all, really quick all like there wasn't a whole lot of character work going on it was just like super super mm-hmm. smart like yeah, yeah. rapid fire yeah. and just the 90s just if you want to picture it more just oversized <laughs> jewel toned uh, button down oh, shirts so easy to picture. with uh, with very pale jeans yeah or and it kind of reminds you of like um, and a white maybe like Ryan Styles on Whose Line Is It Anyway exactly, exactly. Right. where you're just yeah. like wow these guys are fast like, yeah. they, they can just they bounce off each other and you know good for them how do you do that I don't know it's impossible I guess you have to start when you're super young and only do it and what you know so for me it was an other you know and then plus I was sort of like hoping oh this stand-up will get I mean it was the you know what all stand-ups hate to hear it's like I'm gonna move and I have my six minutes and my jingle bell and then that'll get me everybody's got their jingle bell (laughs) it's just sometimes it's called something different and then I'm gonna trip over a trunk full of money Uh (laughs) Um, and that's what I thought it would be and then when I got here, you know, um, Naomi was just like, you're either going to be doing comedy or watching comedy every night. Just hmm. do just get out of your house. And I know you're, you know, you're catering half the nights, but just do it. And so that's when I went and saw a show at the Groundlings. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, yeah. it was Mindy Sterling and Cheryl Hines and Holly Mandel. And mm. all the guys were amazing. Mike McDonald and Charles Rocket mm-hmm. was the special mm-hmm. guest. Anyway, so you you had these people and especially just how funny the women were. Like I was like, and they're just, it's all characters. Yeah. And that's was like, oh, I could actually contribute something to this. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, it's like, if you ask anyone at the ground, it's like the next day you signed up for classes and I did too. And, and it just felt right. It just felt good. And that was the other thing as far as being like an A plus student and I was older and I had gone through an acting program that sort of had an improv, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, theory behind it. Um, it wasn't a, a, a foreign language to me. It felt pretty decent. And then, but it's really the characters and the emotional stuff. Cause I was like, great. That's, that feels at home. Yeah. That's right. It's like what you're saying. Like we can't really talk to each other without being characters. Amen. Sister. <laughs> and then, and even the way they would write their sketches, like they were like, that was, you know, if you're talking about uh, what was the, you know, the, the, frustrations there mm-hmm. then I would say like I the a plus student was like well the more words on a page you know the more successful the sketch right, right wrong right <laughs> so right. <laughs> the thing I had to learn was like th- what what this place is really about is sort of a lights up kind of performer and you know you've, you 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 know do don't tell you know show don't tell that kind of a thing um, and I just remember Melissa McCarthy seeing one of her Sunday company shows um, and she did <laughs> The only thing she said was welcome to Walmart for like two minutes. But she was dressed as, I mean, you can imagine she had a hat that was also an umbrella and she had like a huge big gulp <laughs> and she had a lawn chair and she had magazines and a table. Like she had set yeah. up a little living room in front of the Walmart yeah. and people be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Welcome to Walmart. Uh-huh. And like she wouldn't let them talk and she just like, you know, get in their faces yeah. until they finally left. And I was like, oh, it's just... It's just much more visceral than mm-hmm. than mental and mm-hmm. stuff. So anyway, that that's sort of that's sort of what that place is like. If there's any sort of what's the difference? You know, you hear all these improv schools, and you're what's the differentiation? Or that's right. That's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and when you were, would your family classify you as the baby? You know what I mean? Would they be like, oh, she's the baby, definitely. all right? Definitely, definitely. Um, for better or for worse, I was, and also, um, I was. Uh, 
you know, sort of had the ditzy kind of label, I think, put on me as well. Just because I think when you're the youngest, you're the you're the clown. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. really nothing else to do but observe everybody else's dynamic and then try to plug yourself in there and <laughs> I don't know, get it either get attention or like soothe tension or whatever mm-hmm. the job is. Yeah, it's interesting because you know, th- I'm I I don't, I don't have siblings and I'm I'm so interested when just to see who follows in their siblings footsteps or or whether somebody is like well you know my I wanted to be different because my sisters had already done that so I decided to be to do this other thing which by the way I sucked at but at least it was my own thing you know what I mean yes that's an interesting dynamic is sort of seeing like that you must have had a good I would imagine that you would have a good relationship with your sisters just you could see that just by virtue of you doing the similar stuff oh, versus yeah, being like oh I gotta be you know I gotta go do something different I looked up to them so much and also you just you just see I think it was it was like a, a pass the baton thing where I, yes, I looked up to them and I wanted to do that, but also that felt right. It just felt right. And then from there being in it, I was like, now I just want to be my own person. I don't want to be anything like anybody else. I just want to, you know, do my own thing. And yeah, but well, it started off with like, I want to be that. What was your school? What was your high school like? Um, it was really a football high school. Mm-hmm. It was uh, North Rockland High School, Red Raiders, um, <laughs> the Panthers. Um, and uh, it was a real big, real big high school. I think there was like 500 in my graduating class and meaning like a couple of, I don't know, 1500 or 2000 that go. Anyway, a lot of people. So um, uh, and it had a theater department, which is great. And the theater department, you know, got very little money to do the plays but we had this really great guy um mr roth and he would put on a, a straight play at the start of the year and the musical at the end and i was in all of them i i, I carrying a spear whatever mm-hmm. i didn't care i would show up to other people's rehearsals i would just really oh, oh. my god i just loved it i loved yeah. everything about it yeah it just felt great um and then you know i did that so that's you know eight plays in four years or whatever and then, and then the summers, I would always kind of just feel lost. I'd just be like, I have to mark time until like the next play. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I definitely needed to uh, like strengthen other parts of my personality. <laughs> so when I was in college in junior year, I had the opportunity to go to France on like, you know, like take a semester in France. And I was like, this is my, I remember thinking it was so lame. I was like, well, this is my last chance to see if I'm good at anything else. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I would. I just went there and like. Had you been taking French through high school? <laughs> well, yes, but also when I was three, my family moved to France for a year. Oh, I don't know if we talked about this. No, I, don't I think did. So. A, I did. A, I did a summer semester in oh, France. Where did? Where? But in high school. Where did you go? Uh, uh, I was near Blois. I was near like. Um, I was in the middle of the. The, the country. I was I'm trying in, to think of the closest place. Like I was above Tours and I was uh, near Orléans, I guess. Yes. Just I, kind of in the, a lot of chateaus around where I was. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I was in Avignon okay. when I went, uh, when I had my semester there. Um, and then when my, it's really cool. In the seventies, they gave uh, sabbaticals to high school teachers if you applied. That's great. So, I know. It's crazy. So my dad said he wanted to get his master's in European history. So he filled out all the forms and they approved them. So he had a year. Yes, please. Amazing. Yeah. And he packed up all of us and my sisters were seven, five and I was three, I want to say. And um, my mom began her master's in French. Uh, so she's just great at it. She's and my oh, mom she, taught French. My mom's a French professor crazy. and French teacher. Yeah. My dad was a history teacher. Yeah. But no, I know. But that, I mean, like, it's still no, weird. No, I know. Like, but it's, there's, it's, there's like weird links to. We're related. I, 
think <gasps> oh we my are. God. That's why we felt so Wait, familiar to each other. You're wearing half of a locket. <laughs> oh my God, it is the other. Oh, it's the same half. Never oh, mind. never mind. Oh, um, uh, where's we'll my other her. sister? We'll find her. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Let me know if you do. Um, so we lived there for a year in Grenoble, and uh, and then and then I, you know, was. I was like bilingual immediately because I was three. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then it just goes away. If yeah. you know what I mean. And so, oh, yeah. when I went to Avignon, like, believe me, I was like, I was the least gifted person <laughs> in the entire. And so it was funny because I, I already had my identity as like I'm an actor, and I've got like I'm kind of known in my college as like I, you know, I audition for all these plays and get them, and you know, and then I come to the city, <laughs> like, <laughs> it was. Just was you? Was there an idea that you were gonna do? Th- act no, like any not kind of at all. This because was, I would say that's what well, the experience I had there was like I immediately was not totally sure who I was anymore because it's such a different culture and the yes. language thing is so tough it really kind of became like it threw me oh I don't know loop. yeah I don't know who I am here yes I know I'm an exchange student yes. like that's what I feel like I am here yeah like I'm <laughs> like I'd go to these places I, I also ate like Olympic amounts of bread How and cheese. How could you not? And then Please. I out like I think I outgrew all my clothes. And then I was like outgrew as if I was like growing, <laughs> as if at like twenty one I like grew. <laughs> I grew two inches. And I remember like I was so sad. Like I really looked like Gerard Depardieu. Like I couldn't I couldn't afford a haircut. Like no makeup. And I'd wa- I'd like mope around France because I felt oh, so bad about myself. God. And then there was a place where they saw. Like jeans by the pound, <laughs> and so I went and like bought like men's jeans, and I cut them into long shorts, and I had this bright yellow rain oh slicker, and God. I would just like ruin family pictures. I would just like I would just like mope in the background, and you're like, let's take yeah. a picture. Oh wait, let's not take a picture. Oh God. <laughs> like wait till oh. this, wait till sad sack passes. Oh God. <laughs> so yeah, when I came back, I was like, oh my God, like let me audition for anything. I mean, please. but like in fairness to you. How could you not eat a bunch of bread and cheese? Oh, my God. Particularly if you're feeling... Because I'm glad that I went when I was 16 and my metabolism was still what it was. (laughs) Because my host mom, the first morning I woke up there, which I think was like 48 hours later, because I was so jet-lagged that I slept an entire (laughs) night and day and then like had dinner with them and then woke up the next morning and ate breakfast. But like on that first day, she sort of gave me a choice of what I was going to have. And there was a pen chocolate there sitting, sitting there. And I was like, I mean, I'm gonna eat that of course and like a bowl of heavy cream fresh milk yeah just yep. delicious just full never fat, don't cream. put it in the fridge it's fresh from a cow's body <laughs> like warm those bacteria are good for of you. milk yeah and because that's what i at that's what i chose the first morning that was what was waiting for me every morning oh, that i got up so that, that was so my breakfast every sweet. morning and that was like par for the course of the entire day like what could i put inside me that was bread cheese or chocolate related the baguette at the meal would be like can i just have my own baguette is that something that is i that can cool? do yeah i can do it i mean i just loved the food so i would have done the same thing i think a hundred percent i just crow. was lucky because it was i was a little younger i think my host mom was just was just <laughs> perplexed after a while she was like her she had a little three-year-old grandson and he'd say in french like your french is worse than mine grandma says your french is worse than mine and it hasn't gotten better I don't like this kid. I want to be on the record when I say I don't like them. Did you have other, were there other kids around? Like, no one as miserable as me. I think, (laughs) um, yeah, there were. Um, I just remember, oh my gosh, there was this. Okay, so the year was 91. There was this girl, oh my God, she was just, I don't know, she was from Texas, which is a different animal. I I I I think I was there in 92. 
Isn't that funny? Oh my funny? gosh. Oh my Almost. gosh. That's amazing. Oh, the locket. oh, oh my, my locket's dated 1992. No, 91. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Can't well. wait to find her, though. Yeah, yeah she's out there. <laughs> there was this one girl who was just terrifying, and she was from Texas, and she would put up signs. She had this accent, so I'd always read them like, get fit in France, not fat. And she'd have these um, <laughs> these aerobics Oh, classes. wow. So we would all, us miserable. She figured out her identity. She did, Right man. quick. I bet she's a billionaire, seriously. She probably is. I bet. You know, she'd be like... <laughs> jerk i i can't go to that party this weekend because there's an aerobics festival and then she'd ask an aerobics like, festival and she'd like point to some girls in the class like would you please come with me to the festival and like her finger would pass over me and like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm like fine i don't want to go to the aerobics festival uh, i have jeans by the pound to buy thank you very much <laughs> the cheapest way to get oh, a pair God. Of jeans. how big is uh avignon mm-hmm uh i'm not sure of like that kind of it's, it's a small it's small like a small city or like a big town it's a big town, yeah. and it's um, but it was considered a city, and it's walled. There's a big wall around mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm going to say this is interesting, meaning it's not. But uh, so far, the walled-in city is very interesting. It is to me. very interesting. Yeah. It's it's like a total medieval city. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and so uh, there. All right, so I guess the Pope was banished from Rome, and you know they were all killing each other, all the popes and wannabes and so one of them came over and built his own palace the palace of the popes which is beautiful and uh and then the french king was very suspicious about what was going on there so he built his own palace across the river from that palace so it's really cool there's a lot of awesome history and it's um it just it just looks medieval mm-hmm. it's it's you're back in time it's lovely and I then it's that. famous for the bridge sur le pont d'avignon yeah uh, yeah it's a half a bridge for some reason they just never finished it those mm. french <laughs> lazy i mean i come on they vote well but please. they vote well <laughs> oh they almost didn't vote well i know that was scary <gasps> do you we're find under- yourself defending the french to people like when people get complaining about Maybe you don't ever hear that. Somehow I always end up hearing people being like, ugh, the French. Not not just in the typical sort of like, I went to Paris and they were mean to me, but in the sort of like, I they're think- always pro, t- they're always, <laughs> like, I feel like I, I feel like I, defend them a lot i do i like even though they do kind of drive me crazy they in the the way that you're like i get to say that because i was there and i love them as people i think i'm so embarrassed by my behavior when i was there that i was (laughs) like i just sort of like i dodged that bullet like maybe no one there will remember Uh me (laughs) you know so i feel like the problem wasn't Uh them (laughs) the problem wasn't them. i love you god i wish (laughs) to be able to listen if i were like as famous as the most famous person we can think of, I would really want to use that to my benefit of being like, listen, this is an APB out for all families who travel to France in 1991. <laughs> I need you to look in the background of your photo. If you see a, a, a person skulking around back there in wearing the a bright, bright yellow, bright yellow slicker, slicker and please long jean shorts yeah to put together like an album for you of all the family photos <laughs> oh, that you please. appeared in oh please I that mean, would be amazing you know what, what a pleasure gonna, not only will i find that high school picture for you i will find a picture of me from la france oh please do. and i will send it i'm begging you please do it's shocking <laughs> It's shocking. It's just, a, it was just a, I feel like it was a five month cry for help. And then I was like, well, you know, maybe my parents will kind of forget I'm here and I'll travel. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. they're like, Stephanie, you've spent Something all our feels money. Like it's, yeah. They're like, you're coming home oh, the day God. after you graduate oh, from like God. whatever, the last day of class. 
pack your sad duffel bag and get back home. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you had um, like a French romance. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think I was like identifiable as man or woman. But um, when I came back also, this is so, when I came back, I had missed all the auditions for Summerstock. Mm. So they were like, well, you can work in the costume department. So even then, it, it was good for me though, because I was like, I was sewing costumes, which I'm also terrible at, surprise, surprise. I'm, I really am unhirable. Like I, I'm just unemployable. But, um, and then I would go backstage and I'd help dress the actors and stuff like that. And that was, you know, that was good for me. It mm-hmm. was sort of like, just, you know, you're not... Just one hot thing. shot. Yeah, you're not a hot shot. Yeah. Like what? And what about high school? Did you date in high school? Not so much. I mean, mm-hmm. my dad was a teacher there, and not that that did anything. I'm gonna. I shouldn't blame my dad for my lack of dating. I I just remember going. I was just shy. I was in this like little pack of girls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we just all like went to dances and didn't talk to anybody. And, like sure. went back home. Um. But I uh I um I remember standing online for the PSATs, and one of the other teachers there was just like hey hey did mike ask you to the prom and i'm like what your son no and he's just like that's stupid i was telling him he's shouting this and there's all these people behind me like i'm telling him she's a nice girl she's a nice girl what what's wrong with him i was just i was like that's okay i just want my paperwork i just so i was never like blessed uh-huh. in, in that way i was more like cursed in that way. did you have crushes on people oh yeah like total mad crushes on people but they were all just like completely silent and i think maybe even doing plays was a way to like see this is the way it should happen these words are written right. out. right 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 and were they would they be guys was there a particular type that you were like would you be attracted to like a football player from afar or no. somebody that you were in a play with that you're like i'll never tell them my true feelings they were terrifying i always i kind of like like anyone who reminded me at all of like Jason Bateman, like anyone who was like, you know, sure, Irishy freckled, told jokes. Yeah, you know, that's when I was like, yay! But like that, even that, they were just like, nah, yeah, not you. <laughs> God damn it! Aren't you? Uh, you kind of described yourself also just now. I know. I know. That's so sad. That's so sad. I was oh just God. looking for the male me. You guys, guys. is that weird? Someone with a locket. Someone with half a locket. Guys. Uh, so you had a huge crush on Jason Bateman, I have to assume. What oh if you're gosh, like, oh no, I hated him, but I really <laughs> did. <laughs> I did. I remember one of his first shows. What was it? Um, it's your move. Do you remember that? No, you're too young. No. Well, I remember right. that, but I just there's like uh, there's a weird swath of like people always laugh at me because I can follow them up to. I'll be like, oh, I love Silver Spoons. Oh, I love. Yes. And then they'll name like three shows, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. And they're like, they were at the exact same time. Like I think one followed the other. How did you? I've never seen an episode of Growing Pains. It's okay. But, people, <laughs> um, but it is kind of weird that like I, I was very into certain things, but then there were things that were like the sister or brother show of that that I was yeah, like, I don't know. Somehow I never saw it. Take it easy on yourself. It probably means <laughs> it probably means that like you turned off the TV, which is a very that's a very good thing. Maybe. Kinda. Maybe. Um he was in what was it growing uh shoot, your no, move. Growing pains. It was in was it's it about your move. chess. No, it wasn't. It was <laughs> That's disappointing. About like the the wisecracking son of like a single mom, and like he had to watch out sure. for his brothers and sisters and her, and like he was just the most wisecrackingest wisecracker, and he was so he's so good at that. You yeah, know? he's so even good at, at like twelve. Yeah. I'm just like what the heck. But I remember Silver Spoons, and I remember oh that guy's so funny, and then I watched that, and then he had like a whole bunch. Like mm-hmm. he had like four in a row. Like the guy never stopped working. You know. Yeah. So I would always like keep an eye just because I think I just. I was like, how do you be that relaxed and funny and not... He, it didn't look like he was trying. It didn't Agreed. look like he was trying to please anybody. Yeah. That he just knew how to be funny and like did it, yeah. you know? 
And I watched all the other shows too, and I loved it. You know, I was like, did it stretch? Did your crush stretch at all over to Alex P. Keaton since he was also kind of a wisecracking? No, he didn't have enough freckles, no, probably. No, he didn't have enough freckles. He's not Irish enough. Um, uh, no, I, I think maybe it's the comedy thing. Maybe it's the type of comedy thing. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's funny. I was trying to think of who else. I can't. I'm old. I don't think I liked him. I can't remember if I liked him on Family Ties, but then Back to the Future, I was like, oh, amazing. oh yeah, he's great. Amazing. Like, okay, I love him. Yeah, like he's another person who can handle himself. Like you could just tell that he, and he's up against the funniest people in yeah. the world. Like Tina Yethers. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd, I'm thinking, I'm thinking <laughs> the movie. <laughs> you rat. I'm a huge rat. You son of a... All right, a I just hu- want to tell a, your listeners that I am yeah, rubbing the belly. We really... They're being... I, listen, they're the being dog. very, very good. They're being amazing. Sometimes she just gets real up in your face. Like, oh. I'd like you to put that microphone down and only pay attention to me. So this is a good... This feels like a good combo did you grow up with animals uh no i well sort of i begged and begged for a pet <laughs> and then my mom let me keep a caterpillar in a tissue box <laughs> in the back and we all watched it die perfect, um, perfect. <laughs> it never got a chance to turn oh, into a moth no. and then i begged and begged and begged and then finally i got gerbils <laughs> oh yeah and then these uh, are all yeah it's all a series of begrudging pets like ugh, what is the bare minimum i can say yes to i got a fit i had a goldfish for a while because of for the same reason like did you bond with it no anything i ever had it's funny because my mom didn't have like i didn't there was a point at which she didn't really have the same like custody of me and i was more with my dad but she was always the one who was a sucker for pets but that what that amounted to was like one goldfish that she kept alive and like she loved and then a pair of mice that she allowed me to get that was pretty early that might have been earlier before we kind of moved backwards and got the fish because the mice were so much work she really tended to those mice they lived so much longer than mice were supposed to um and also with the gerbils we mistakenly got a male and a female oh no that's such a like a cliche that you think only happens in like a TV show or nope. something. It was Lord of the Rings because they would, I mean, if, if that mama was overwhelmed, which she was, because oh, she would have like two litters, she would have like two litters like a week apart. Oh, so God. she had like, and so she would just kill them and she would just, oh, or like we would like no. in her cage and be like, there's a litter in there. Oh no. It was, <laughs> you stumble upon it was it horrific. But the thing that broke oh, my entire God. family's heart was once she only Didn't had. Didn't you separate them? We, no, we never thought of that. We never thought of that. As a matter of fact, my sisters would like sit in front of the cage and waiting for them to like start oh, no. having sex, and then they'd be like, "Stop it! Stop it! Stop it!" And they'd bang on the cage, and that was birth control. Irish Catholic birth control. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! All right, I'm going to bed now. I'm going to oh trust God. you to. I'm going to trust the whole family's going to bed, and we're going to trust you to do the oh, right that's thing. Amazing. Well, one time she only had one little tiny baby, and it got all the milk, and it was I can't even describe. Imagine like a tan cotton ball with like two tiny <laughs> eyes and like the little tail. Like it was, we call it butterball. It was oh, the cutest God. thing. Well, what happened to the others? <laughs> I don't know. I think we gave them back to like the pet store and they were like, damn you. <laughs> damn you. And I, I don't know. I think we tried to like fix it. <laughs> it was so terrible. So that did turn oh, out to be God. tons of... <laughs> tons of work and um and there's no good guy in that. it's just everyone everyone's failed and then like a lot of lives a lot yeah. of lives just destroyed and so um 
And then finally, I begged and begged when I was 14 that we got two cats. Oh, okay. And that was great. That was really cool. But my mom, she should have like given in when I was younger because we got two cats. Four years later, I go off to college. I was yeah. the last one. Yeah. And now she's got these you know, which she, of course, you grow to love them and yeah. everything. But now, uh, and then once I could, I always had a cat. And then now we have a dog. And how did you get into uh, the love of dogs? It just sort of. I've always loved happened. dogs. I was never in a position to own one. I don't think I ever had like the time or the money. And then when I had the money, like I, I, we were just moving around a lot. And, and then we had a little tiny baby. And then. Um, once he got older, we were like, this is crazy. We have a yard. We can do this. And then we got the sweetest dog. You love your dog. I love her so I, ref- I will refer you to past episodes of Spontaneation for uh, conversations about your dog as well. Oh, yes, exactly. From what I recall. Check it out. Oh, Remember, she's... was that one? Was it? Was it just that last one that we did together where, oh yeah, Paul was like nervous about saying my dog's names as if there was like one of those like protective celebrity things where they're like, I don't talk about my daughter. But it was like, oh, I can, the anonymity of my dogs is probably not important. When I take my dogs to Disneyland. Yeah. I, it's a family day. I want privacy. I don't Please want no the, photographs. Please no Don't photographs. put a t-shirt with your dog's name on your Please, dog. Please. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. No, I'm not going to promise no photograph. What, can I tell you something? All right. So when we were trying to adopt a dog. Yeah. We would go to the shelters and there was once where we found this little husky puppy and we're like, oh, yeah, that's the one. And they wouldn't adopt it out. They said, have you ever owned a dog? No, Um, you don't want a dog. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, Yeah, we do. And they're like, well, a husky, you know, I guess a husky, there's known to be like door dashers and like high energy. So here's what I'll say about that. Um, First of all, like I totally had the same experience. The only reason that people were more flexible with me was because I had Scott and he looks like he might have husky in him. So I really leaned into that. Yeah. But I had and I'm sure I talked about this like on the podcast a few years ago when I was going through this. Um, But there was like a a husky rescuer that um, she just... I was I, I was talking about it. I talked about it with a couple of girls kind of in our world who are very active in like dog rescue and stuff yeah. like that. And they uh, they were like, oh, yeah, some rescues are, are hoarders. They're they're animal hoarders and they can't. I it's the sickness and they won't part with the dogs that they rescue. It's not the oh. same as, you know, just a, you know, a kill shelter or a not kill shelter. It's like these people, particularly when they start specializing in certain types. Oh. And so there that was a total. Sense. Yeah. So there was a dog that I want. There was a husky that I wanted to adopt. Um. And she just, it just like, she just kind of stopped even, there's this whole process she wanted to go through. And then she kind of just stopped contacting me. And I was like, but I have it. Like I've successfully had a dog at this house for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like it's, this is, there's, I don't know what else you could possibly need. And, and, and I took some girl saying, you know, not some girl, but it took like a girl, a pal saying, you know. I think you need to let that go because I know what you're talking about and this person's never going to give this husky up. So, but, um, wow. so they can't, I mean, they, they, they are one of those breeds that people say, you know, watch out. This one's real specific. And she is definitely totally weird and like very specific. <laughs> she's extremely lazy. So she's not like super restless. Um, oh. and she did, she ran in the beginning. And so I thought, Oh, well I've done, I've done it. They're runners. Like, just like everyone told me, you right. know, my, this dog has never tried to escape. My dog found a way out of the yard very early on and so the first year with her was kind of agonizing in the sense that she she did take a lot of work but I will say that now we can take her off the heart I mean 
we don't, I, I don't, we don't hike her off leash just because I don't feel comfortable with that. And you're not really supposed to anyway. And if something happened with her and another dog, yeah. I would just never forgive myself. So we always keep them leashed. But, you know, there was, there's a point now, there's a point where we can like, we can take the harness off her in the driveway and oh. she'll just trot inside. She won't think about, I mean, there's no part of her wow. that she doesn't look longingly at the open road, yeah. you know? Um, and I never thought it would get to that. Wow. And it just gradually she's in our pack now and she doesn't want to be anywhere else you know so it just you know I think that's that maybe that it's that first year that people worry about like you really have to put the time in but um the way I feel about her is there's a there's a richness to how I feel about her that I don't think I could have had had we not gone through all that together I know that sounds dumb but no no you know what I mean it's It's different because he he's just like he's such a well-behaved dog I didn't there's no you know, there was never any like, oh, this is excruciating, but but it's a different kind of bond. I don't know. It's it weird. is like I would say that I'd say um, puppies are jerks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I, holy crow. Um, she, oh, her mama was a total rescue, and and the f- wonderful family that adopted the mama had surprised nine puppies Christmas morning. Mm. And this family, they're just amazing people. And they found homes for every single puppy. And so she was one of them. So we had her since she was a tiny little thing. But holy crow, like the, you know, my husband would like hold her at night. And I just hear him go like, hmm, hmm, like all night long. He just hum and like hold her. Um, or like, you know, buy her crate and just hold her paw. And I remember thinking like, I'm not like, she's adorable. Puppies are adorable. But I miss my cat. Yeah. Like I miss yeah. like I miss like just just relax and it does. It takes about like a year before oh she's okay now. Mm-hmm. Like she's yeah. she can like entertain her so she can go outside and lie down. She doesn't need to look at me and paw my knee and right right you know. yeah. But she's awesome and you're right because that's like suddenly now you're at a place of trust and mm-hmm. calm and yeah it is worth a lot. And I got her when she was four, so I don't even know. No one knows what her life was like before. She's so who you know she's she can be real. Um, she can be skittish about certain things, and I think that that's probably more an indication of something she went through before she you know was at the Pasadena Pound. Um, but you know she didn't at least your dog gets to like develop its entire environment around you guys and yes. kind of you know bonding early yeah so that's i mean that's amazing um i gotta get into this mash game because i've talked to you forever oh. and um and i want to do this mash game do you ever play mash yes but okay. remind me uh uh mansion apartment shack house uh <laughs> and then we're going to do categories i'm customizing the category qu- categories there are ones i like to ask repeatedly and then i'm going to try to come up with ones based on what we've talked about that i think you would enjoy okay so um so for the first one uh to give you an example let's do three musicals that you didn't get to do on broadway that in this alternate universe you get to do and you know doesn't have to be gender or age specific it can be like i wanted to be hamlet or i wanted you know anything like that oh my gosh okay oh holy crow um and and sometimes improvisers have the worst time with coming up with fast answers which is so i want you to know if that happens you're not alone even though it's you would think that it would be the opposite because i'm trying to remember actual plays it's Um, also the a plus student in you that's like there are correct answers for me personally and me alone only i can give those correct answers it has to be right Mm -hmm. it has to be right all right so (laughs) let's see uh so the three plays broadway plays that i wish i could have done um all right uh well i'll say once on this island is one of my favorite plays but i would never be casting it it's an all black cast guess what oh i'm in it now um possibly possibly in it got it and then um i'm trying to think of plays i've seen but i don't have to no you don't have to okay oh my gosh 
like, this is so terrible. All right. Uh, I, uh, there's a play called Holiday that I enjoy. Great, 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 great. Um, let me think. All right. Um, damn it. Spit it out. Uh, wow. It's amazing that I'm, I'm, I'm just drawing a blank. Uh, and the third play would be, I want it to be a musical. Yeah. What about all like the classics? Yeah. None of them really appeal to you? It's so funny because saying. this is, no, but because even though I wanted to do musical theater, like I hated like <laughs> gathering around the piano singing musical theater. Uh, so let's think. Uh, so this is a category I should never have assigned you. No, never. Uh, so okay, great. great, great, great. Oh, oh okay. All right, I'll say Sunset Boulevard. Fine. Oh, great. Fine. God, I'm glad we got through that horrible <laughs> okay. exercise of a thing that I thought I was giving you this wonderful gift of having been in a musical on Broadway. It's and like it a job. Out to be. <laughs> it really is. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's do three uh, places in the world where you have a vacation home oh. uh, if getting there is no problem. Maui. <laughs> Uh, that girl that. could use going to Maui right now <laughs> to relax a little. Um, Fire Island, because right. I went there as a child. Wonderful. And uh, so France. I, I'll yeah. go ahead and say I'll uh, not Avenue, probably Loire, Loire Valley. Yeah, that's where France. I was. I should have just said the Loire Valley. You should have. That was okay. you ate up like five minutes I of really precious. Really did. I named so many cities that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Good Lord. That's the hardest one. That's like the weirdest one to say. B-L-O-I-S. Yeah. Yeah. I think the more, however we feel about the French, I think they hate it. Like just, just the names alone. They're just like, try to pronounce this, you stupid. Stop eating. Stop eating. Okay. Okay. Next category is let's do three. Let's do three like magical pets that you can have. It can be like something you ride, something you hang out with. So it doesn't even have to be like a pet. It could be like a companion. Oh, okay. And you can do it if you know that, you know, your son, there's like a certain thing he would like. I don't mind if you want to take it on for him. So super cool. All right. So there's this book that he loves called The Snatcher Book. And it's this little tiny, it looks like a little ferret with wings and oh cute no one has ever read to him so he like steals all the books Aww, in burrow down the snatcher book so this little His rabbit name is very literal it's, it's true <laughs> should i put the snatcher book yeah the snatcher okay. book and then he gives the books back and he makes friends with the village okay well then he might have to change his name he's gonna have a whole identity crisis <laughs> the give a book back <laughs> Uh, okay, the Snatcher book, got it. Two more. Oh, um, oh, Wangdoodle. There was this book that Julie Andrews wrote called mm-hmm. The Last of the Really Great Wangdoodles. Oh, great. And I remember, I love that book, the Wangdoodle. A Wangdoodle was first brought up in the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie yes. and, the, and in the book. But I'm he sure. said they were fierce and terrible oh, and they yeah. ate all the things, but yeah. she wrote it as a sweet, mystical little the creature. Wangdoodle. The Wangdoodle. I love Wangdoodle. it. These are great. Gosh, they're so obscure. I thought you were going to be like a dragon. A cat. <laughs> Let me think. A saltine. <laughs> Can that be a saltine? That that. Yeah, that's a really mystical pet. Oh my god, this is great. Okay, a saltine, perfect. But, but with like Google eyes, I imagine perfect. it. I'll draw, I'm gonna draw it for my for myself. Okay. 
they only last minutes and then they um, like crumble. That's great. Okay. Uh, okay. Next category is three uh, foods in this in this life that we lead now. There are things that are not good for us, whether yes. it's allergy, calories, anything like that. Um, in this world, those same things are nutritious, wonderful. You can have them in perpetuity, snap of a finger. Can be as specific as like the pain au chocolat in France, or it can be just like pizza. You know, a general wash of deliciousness. Three. Okay. An ice cream scoop of truffle butter. Great. <laughs> like a generous yep. ice cream scoop of truffle butter. Yep. Um, let me see. Uh, oh, like, the, the, speaking of, like, just their love of chestnut. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Meron. Mm-hmm. Like, just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like, a, there was this chest. I like things that have been processed. <laughs> like, I like... <laughs> Like they have this chestnut, like you squeeze it out of a tube. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, yeah. And here's my other squeeze out of a tube yeah. thing. All right. <laughs> At Ikea, in their grocer's department, mm-hmm. they've got this like row kind of squeeze it out of a tube stuff. And I love it. Oh, okay. I love it. Do you want me to do, uh, so would you want me to do uh, the chestnut, chestnut things squeeze. that you squeeze out of a tube and then the, the row salmon row that you okay, squeeze great. out of a tube? And I, I honestly think. This is amazing. I'd be okay on a desert island with all those. Okay, rose squeeze. <laughs> and These and are the fun salt to write down. And I would eat the salt. Um all due respect to your wonderful husband. Yes. I'm a little worried that you're going to put, by the way, some of that roe on that saltine pet and just eat it. <laughs> oh, I will. Okay, great. Um, it's already happened. Uh, uh, all due respect to him, this alternate universe uh, companion or just kind of sexy times. Um, uh, and it can be like a character from something or it can be an actor or it could be Jason Bateman, obviously. Very yeah. cool. <laughs> obviously. Like if I said Jason Bateman, I think I would get a, a restraining. Like I, I was at this I point, it's, I think it would just be it's creepy. Come to that, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to work with uh, with fictional characters uh Wonderful. so there is let me try to think 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 i'm trying to think oh shoot i know i'm kind of betraying the fact that i haven't read a book in a very long time <laughs> and that ain't good um okay so there's this uh what do you call it um graphic novel mm-hmm. comic book or whatever and uh, it's called The Unwritten, and mm-hmm. there's a lead guy in there, and he's cute. Okay, great. Put it there. <laughs> okay, I got him. <laughs> he is down there. He's down. All right, and then, okay, one of my first crazy crushes is there's this old 1930s version of um, A Tale of Two Cities, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. The actor's Ronald Coleman, but not him, the, the character, yes, Sidney, yes. Car- Sidney Carton, yes. the drunk lawyer who gives up. Sorry, spoiler alert, everyone. Um, gives up his life uh, to save this woman he loves great 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 okay final one tis a far far better thing i do um tis a far better place i <laughs> i go to than i have ever been um so let me think um about a third one. Oh shoot the saltine no i'm looking at <laughs> uh, i'm worried about you <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's another character that i love i like to keep it nice and fictional mm-hmm, i understand <laughs> some old music. <laughs> That's some old music. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think, man. I'm trying to think if I've seen a show. Oh, uh, from the Killing, mm-hmm. Joe Kinnaman, Joel Kinnaman's yeah. oh, yeah. character, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought was just yeah. the most great, sad, rain-soaked puppy of a. That's per- right. It's just so good. 
That's perfect. Okay, great. All right. Uh, next category is um, let's do in your home. Suddenly, there's a magical extra room, and Ooh. it can be for any purpose, any size. Just it's there. Uh, three rooms that you could do, and it could be totally fantastic, or it could be just very practical. Mm. I know you need a sewing room because I know you love to sew. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> um, honestly, what like the practical side of me is like just have a a, a room with like a, a stairmaster. Like just that's that's the one thing that I could I could kind of use. Okay, exercise room. Yeah, sadly, you have to come up with two more. Oh, okay. And then, um, but I mean, you could do like a room where you like walk through the door and you're in a forest. You oh, know what I'm saying? Like oh, it I could like just that. be like. Oh, I like that. All right, then. Uh, I go through a room and I am in like 1930s Prague. Oh wow! Like a like a noir, yeah, spy movie. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one. And then the last room. Hmm. The last room would be. Uh, I'm just trying to think. All right, there's this room at the Huntington that's really mm, beautiful, yeah. and it's like completely. It was like a total carved ceiling, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they stripped it from paint, so it's this in- intricate but natural wood. Mm-hmm. It's just everything is paneled and carved, and just really pretty. Great, I'm gonna do that. That one. sounds really good, actually. Um, I said that like it was a food I wanted to eat. That sounds really <laughs> tasty right now. That room sounds delicious. <laughs> it's made of truffle butter. Uh, <laughs> truffle butter. Okay, uh, uh, second to last category is. Um, Three, well, let's see, you know, you said the uh, 30s prog thing that that reminds me of another uh, perennial favorite, which is three movies that you can jump into at will, uh, live with those characters, hang out. You're not reliving the plot. You're just in that world. I love it. And nothing bad can happen to you. Okay, then the third man. Great. Um, Dial M for murder. Great. And uh, uh, like a Christmas Carol with Alistair Sim. Oh, my I like old movies. Yeah, you do. This is wonderful. I just do. We almost watched The Third Man last night. It's You would not have regretted it. I, d- I really need to see it. Instead, oh, we just watched... And I have never seen it. It's wonderful. Yeah. Like, it's... it's Oh, my God. Wait. It not only is you know Orson Welles amazing and Joseph Cotton's amazing, but... <sighs> okay. I'm putting myself on the spot here. The one that plays the police captain. Just watch everything he does. He yeah. is amazing okay Je- uh, leslie howard that's leslie name. howard okay oh holy crap He's okay so good well this is getting this is going on the roster the roster uh okay and then the last one is three people from three real people from history authors musicians actors comedians anybody like that that um uh, living or dead that you can kind of you have a, sort of the bat phone too and you can call and just talk and Ooh. like they love to hear from you they give great advice oh anything gosh. like that that's like in you know inspiring or fun uh wow okay golly let me think okay well uh billy wilder great gene um gene wilder great i blanked on his name because i'm like it couldn't be the uh, last name but it is i the did last the exact name. same thing i was like i wonder if she's gonna say gene wilder <laughs> is wilder right and and jan hooks uh great 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 rest great. in peace i love her yeah me too um, okay, great. And then I just need you to like sort of, I'm going to do that little kind of squiggle thing that determines the number I use to cross stuff out and give you your MASH future. Okay. So just for right now, just tell me when to stop. Okay. Okay, stop. Okay. 
I almost ran out of room and I think you saw me wince. Uh, I'm going to pause this. Oh, no. Do some calculations and come back with your future. Me good. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we need to hear your full uh, and unmitigated, no, uh, unencumbered response to this. I think I think you'll be pleased with this. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, I want to congratulate you on your work in Once on this Island. Thank you. It feels vaguely inappropriate. <laughs> I'm just glad they gave me the chance. <laughs> but great work. Just glad they gave me the chance. Um, f- finally, uh, a white person gets to do something for a change. Oh, um, come on. Uh, I want to congratulate you on your... Uh, now, listen. I can't control mansion, apartment, shack, or house. I just can't. So you did get a shack. Oh, okay. But the shack is in the Loire Valley. Okay, that's good. You're just going to be out there roaming the hills anyway. I can wave at all the tour Besides, boats. like a shack in the Loire Valley, that might be like the like the mistress's shack connected to a chateau. I am not complaining. It's like a nicer house than ours, yeah. Any of it. Um, I want to congratulate you on your ability to just get Billy Wilder on the phone whenever you want. I'm going to extend that to you can hang out with him in your shack in the Loire Valley. Make a heartwarming screwball comedy. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, you can also step into uh, Christmas Carol with <laughs> Alistair Shim. Um, you can step into uh, a your extra room in your shack. Um, is this uh, this kind of wonderful? I mean, you're basically you've been given in a whole other city because you've stepped into 1930s Prague. Okay, excellent. That's good. So that's a lot of traveling you're able to do with very little effort. Okay, that's right. Uh, and and I want you to know that you are able to enjoy that um, with the killings Joel K- Kinnaman character. <laughs> He's gonna be so psyched. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be so peppy in a way you've never seen him before, and. For sustenance and companionship, oh. I want you to know that you have the roe squeeze with you, the tube of roe, and that I'm dangerously <laughs> afraid you're going to eat your pet saltine cracker, which you did end up with. Yes. <laughs> your pet saltine cracker. <laughs> oh, criminy. Thank you. That sounds like a oh, wonderful life. Oh, you really have something to look forward to, <laughs> finally. Um, uh, uh, Stephanie Courtney, thank you so much for doing thank the podcast. So it's been a long joy. time coming. I'm delighted. I know. Uh, I know from Spontaneous Nation a little bit about where people can find you, but I would like for you to say it here too. Absolutely. Every Wednesday night, eight o'clock, I do a show called the Crazy Uncle Joe Show. At I've the had Groundless the pleasure of doing it. Theater. It's so much fun. Janet, please do it again. You're wonderful. I'd love to. And uh, also, what else? Um, I don't know if you're watching TV. I'll probably yeah. You'll wait. pop up. You'll be seeing. You'll see her whether you like it or not. Whether you like She's it or not, get right into your I'm world. There. If you're playing, are you on social media and stuff? Uh, I just Ish. just began. Okay, uh, I did an episode of um, of uh, at midnight. Uh huh. God bless. Oh, I want to go on at midnight with you. That would be so fun. Oh, I'd love I'll it. Tell Bart too. Oh, I would love it. I'll oh, tell gosh. Bart too. Let me what tell you, an asshole. I, I will had... ask Bart if he's open to the idea. But I'll and tell ask him. Chris Hardwick. Yeah, and I'll tell him like this lady. And you tell him and shake your fist at him. I had thirty-three Twitter followers when I um, began the show, Amazing. and at the end of the hour, I had like. 500 oh that's great so it well, not the job. end of the show like a week yeah. it took like a yeah. week but I, I i cannot believe that so yeah. that's my twitter <laughs> that's my twitter great. presence great i don't know you're gonna get listen you're gonna get individual attention from stephanie if you follow her on twitter <laughs> individual attention a the, compliment will get you yeah a like. look at her she smells <gasps> some sort of wrapper there's something in the garbage that she doesn't understand why she can't access so oh, we're, i'm gonna get into that with her in a moment my husband just gave me this book all about the science of how dogs smell which is really how, how they see you know what i mean oh, like I would very much like to it uh, is read that unbelievable what they smell Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm getting yep. a, I got a kiss. I got uh, a kiss. Okay, guys, listen. I will talk to you next time on the podcast. I'm going to let these two ladies.
ladies uh, make sweet love to each other, so to speak. Bye. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Thank <laughs> you.